invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, uh, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you would open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts to receive all that you have for us today. And Lord, if there's anything unsettling us or or causing us to be distracted, I pray that you would put that to rest, that we may in peace learn from your word. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. Well, that's a fun gospel reading. You unworthy servants. I I think it was Mark Twain who said, uh, I'm not troubled by the things in the Bible that I don't understand. It's the, I'm troubled by the things that I do understand and don't think I can live up to. And I, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage, I'm like, do we have to do this? Is this, this sounds really almost foreign that Jesus speaks to his disciples in this way. Um, and yet, what is the message here? I, I was kind of upset with the lectionary this week because it started with Jesus increase our faith and then went on to talk about how servants are unworthy and they should never look for thanks or anything like that. And I thought, what, why, were they asking, why were they asking for more faith? And it's because of what happened before. So we included those, past, those verses today because without that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But what we need to be mindful of in this passage is, one, we have the capacity to do great harm to people thoughtless word or action, um, insensitive, can do a lot of harm to people. We need to watch ourselves because we have that capability in us. The second thing is when people hurt us, we have the mandate to forgive when they repent and to hold up the light to say, you did something wrong, this is how it affected me, and they need to see that. We have, that's our calling to be reconcilers We need to treat that kind of harm very seriously as well. But the last thing is that as servants of God, we need to remember that God can never, ever, ever be placed in our debt. 
ever. So as we look at this, I want us to remember two things. Humility and gratitude. Humility is remembering that Jesus is the center, we are not. And we need to remember what Jesus has done so that we operate out of not obligation, not out of I'm hoping God will do this if I do that, but out of God has done so much for me, I want to do this out of gratitude. So let's, let's take a closer look at what Jesus is saying here. So the first thing is, it is possible to trip people up in their lives of faith. So Jesus warns his disciples about, uh, about causing these little ones to stumble. So first, before we, we look at this, what, what does he mean by little ones? Is it just children? Nope, not just children. It's people who are seekers in the faith. People that the Pharisees have written off. Prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sinners, the Gentiles. These little ones that could be seekers, but they are held away. They haven't been allowed to have their faith really grow. Jesus has a special place in his heart for those who seek him and in those who have been kept away. So we are being told to be gracious, for we have received grace when we were far off, and we are to be told to be very mindful of how we engage with them. So many years ago, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I had a friend whose name was Erina. And Erina, throughout high school, was an atheist, a quite angry, militant atheist. And I was known affectionately as God Boy because my friends knew that I, I, I love Jesus. And so um, I walked with Erina for many years. She had a lot of pain in her life, and we were just, we were friends. Um, when I went away to school, I became a very healthy and robust fundamentalist. And when I came home, Erin and I met up for a coffee. And she said, Paul, I got something to tell you. And I said, what? And she said, I believe in God. And I was like, really? And she said, yes, but I don't, you know, do all the Jesus mumbo-jumbo stuff. But God, yeah, I think that there's a God. And in my idiocy, I said, big deal. She said, what? I said, even demons believe in God. What's the big deal? You need more than that. And Erin's face just fell. And if I could go back in time and smack myself, I would. That's the kind of stuff that Jesus says we are to watch out for. If I could go back in time and say, that is wonderful, don't stop looking. Don't stop looking. Keep it up and see what happens. And I'd say things like, dare God to show up in your life in bigger ways. Dare him and see what happens but I was an idiot. We have the capacity to bless people and to encourage them in the faith, to, to model the compassion of Jesus and the love of Jesus that he gave to us. Because here's the thing. If Jesus truly is the center of everything, and we in our brokenness are cast off in every direction, and yet Jesus is calling us, we're going to have different pathways to get to Jesus. But he is truly Lord. And so your walk with Jesus is going to look different than mine. But if I can celebrate that Jesus is calling you forward, and even if it looks really weird, listening to a podcast 
a couple weeks ago about people using um, LSD in their spiritual walk and how it's opened them up to the spiritual. Hardcore atheist, open to God. LSD, I don't know. Uh, but they said we're not promoting the use of, of LSD, but it has had this effect on people. Interesting. I'm not, by the way, promoting the use of illicit drugs <laughs> in the spiritual walk, just that people get to Jesus through different means. So if he is the center and he has welcomed us wherever we are and calls us closer, can we not show the same kindness and compassion to people wherever they're at and encourage them to grow closer to Jesus? Jesus goes on to talk about forgiveness. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. That doesn't mean pointing them in the face and yelling at them. <laughs> a rebuke is a correction. It's saying, this is what you did. This is how it affected me. That's what rebuke is. So if they're confronted with their error, with their sin, with, their, with the way they wounded you, and they repent, forgive them. Now, How many of you have been driving down the highway and some Yahoo comes speeding up past you so reckless, might have been Connie, <laughs> and they go flying by you like you're standing still, and you think, where's a cop when you need one? And then sometimes you keep driving down that highway, and you see that same car pulled over by a cop. We've seen it, right? And you think, yeah! That person's getting what they deserve, and it feels good, right? It feels good, right? The reality is we want sin and poor behavior to be dealt with. And for an ancient Jew, that was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The problem with that kind of approach to justice is that it doesn't stay tit for tat. It, it, it escalates. The violence gets worse and worse and worse. And we know that because it's, it's not, I'm going to give you back some and then more. Um, for, for these ancient uh, Jews, sin needed to be dealt with. And you deal with it by balancing the scales. So for Jesus to say, if someone wrongs you and you, you confront them with it, and then they repent, you forgive them, well, they could go so far with that. They said three times. We'll do that three times. That was the custom. Then after that, gloves are off. <laughs> and Jesus says seven times a day for the same thing. That's when the disciples say, Lord, seriously? Increase our faith. How can we follow this? You've got to change us in order to follow this because this is so drastically different than what we're used to and what we're taught. Now, I want to put a little warning here. This passage and, and others like it have been used to allow people to perpetuate abuse. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying go back to that abusive partner at all. What he's saying is you got to, okay, what we often do, somebody hurts us and we go, whatever, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. doesn't matter. But then over time, resentment builds up and then we blow up at people. Jesus is saying, don't do that either. He said, confront the person who hurt you directly. Don't let it give time to get build up in pressure of resentment. 
be open with the people that we are around and say, this really affected me. And if they re repent, great. Um, and, you know, if they do it again, do it again. <laughs> but if there is abuse going on and you're being harmed by someone, you don't keep going back. You, you establish a boundary and you forgive them. How can you forgive someone who's hurt you so profoundly? Right? <laughs> By remembering how much we've been forgiven. And to forgive someone is to acknowledge that that person who hurt me is wounded themselves. They are damaged goods. And I will pray for them, but I will not subject myself to that abuse again. Does that make sense? We confront, if there's repentance, great. If it's a cycle of abuse... We have to have a boundary there. And the forgiveness that takes place is not, hey, let's go back in and do this again. It is, I'm not going to allow the harm they have done to me define me. I'm going to acknowledge that they're broken, I'm broken, and not let it define who I am. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so the disciples are like, well, how can we do this? Increase our faith. And Jesus replies, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. My sister in, in school, she had a little jar of mustard seeds on her, on a chain. And because the cross was like so overdone and the kids would say, what are you wearing around your neck? And she'd say mustard seeds. <laughs> because this is how small my faith has to be, or, or can be, and God will still do wonders. Um, the point here, as N.T. Wright says, is great faith is not required Rather, faith in a great God is required. I love that. For great faith is not required. Rather, faith in a great God. Because you can say to this mulberry tree, that's a mulberry tree, by the way. You can say to that, hop up and, and go into the sea, and it will. Um, the disciples were saying, you need to change us right now in order for this to happen. And Jesus is basically saying, take your eyes off of yourself and look upon the face of God. You want to learn to forgive? Receive how much he's forgiven you. You want to learn how to be gracious to people? Look upon him to contemplate the grace you have received, the invitation, the steadfast patience God has given you. That's where the, the transformed life comes from. Not from us, but from beholding God and being filled with his spirit. I'm on a tangent. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> this part of the, the last part of the passage is probably the hardest thing to hear when Jesus says, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Because we hear that on worth and we just think, oh, that doesn't really sound like it's edifying to the person. Um, Jesus says in his word that he came to serve and not to be served. And so we are called out of our gratitude for what Jesus has done to serve in kind. And what is our service? It is to forgive. It is to be thoughtful, compassionate, and gracious to the seeker. It is to live for Jesus. The moment you got water splashed on your head or the moment you went under the water, you joined a movement. It was the kingdom movement. And it wasn't a movement of power and might. It was a, per, a, a kingdom of love and service. It was a service to our king. We serve others in his name. 
So our focus needs to be so removed from, from this. And, and I, I was, <laughs> so often we think if I do this, then God is going to do that. And that's not the way this works because he's not indebted to us. We are simply called to put Jesus at the center and walk in faith and obedience out of the gratitude of our hearts. So we join this movement. And so I want to encourage us today because it doesn't matter the price of sugar or apples. It doesn't matter if our healthcare system is beleaguered and exhausted or if our justice system is so backed up. The call remains the same. We are called to live for Jesus and to reflect his glory to the world around us. Whether we are in stable times or unstable, Christ is the same now and forever. And our calling remains the same. So as we go forward, let's receive the grace that Jesus offers and in gentleness and thoughtfulness engage people around us as they seek for truth and healing. Let us have the same steadfast mercy that God has for us forgiving others as we have been forgiven, and let us serve with gratitude for all that Jesus has done. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the best king. And we thank you that you know us more intimately than we know ourselves. Your love for us is constant. It's relentless. So, Lord, please break into those areas in our lives where we are stuck in ourselves and are focused on our needs and ourselves instead of focusing on you. And please give us your grace so that we can be attentive and available to the people around us and to see that you are glorified in how we engage with those around us. Bless our church Bless our communities, bless our places of work. And Lord, help us to be the blessing you've called us to be. In Jesus' name do we pray. Amen.